Welcome to Life and Leadership. I believe in creating community, connections, and creating space to be curious. This podcast aims to take you on a conscious journey through quality, diverse, innovative content and conversation. My hope is that we create a circle of influence, a transcendency of compassionate leadership in the world and wider universe. Welcome to an episode with her story, his story, and their story. Quite an interesting online dating story here with Cheyenne and Daryl. Ever feel like you could use a virtual assistant to trawl the online market for viable partners? Well, in 2017, Justin Long, co-founder of At Bernie AI, among other adventures, created just that, a personal assistant for dating that was tested on Tinder. Justin, a Canadian, was demoralized with how long his mate spent on dating apps. So he started to think about how the process could be improved. So he developed AI using deep learning programs and facial recognition software to search for a possible partner and write the first message. According to his blog, he found a girlfriend and formed a team. So let's join Cheyenne, who tells of her dating experience, and Daryl, who tells of his, and then they come together and they tell you the rest of the story. Cheyenne, welcome. It's so cool to have you on this online dating series. I would love for you to share about your experiences and why you got on the online dating site. Yeah, you bet for sure. So it was actually kind of a a funny story on how I even got signed up for online dating. A good friend of mine, a male friend of mine was signed up online dating and uh, had kind of mentioned that he just wasn't getting the type of women replying to his bio or whatever that he thought that he would be attracting. He had kind of made a comment about, you know, like, am I just that bad? Like, are there that many great men out there that I'm getting all of these women that are nothing like what I want? And he had said to me, he goes, you know, you should sign up on this site. You can tell me what the men look like. And I was like, okay, fair enough, right? You want to help out a friend and why not, right? So I signed up for this online dating site and we made myself a profile. And because the two of us were very similar on on what we liked in a partner, I thought I would attract him or like that type of person to my profile. And that's actually why I ended up signing up. And so we had spent just a couple of days here and there of checking out each other's profiles and the people that we were getting matched up with. And it was just kind of more of a joke to start. And I had left it alone, didn't really go into my account much. And I ended up actually moving out of the community that we live in now. And I moved eight hours away on my own to a place that I didn't really know a lot of people. And, you know, you sit there for a few months in a little shack by yourself and you're like, you know what, maybe I'll go back on this online dating site and see if I can meet some people that way. So I had went back on it and the same thing kind of happened for me. Actually, I had a lot of people that just weren't the type of person that I was looking for. And so it was a lot of messaging back saying, you know, thank you, but no, thank you. Some crude people on there. And I'm thinking, did you even read my profile? Like it definitely says I am looking for long-term, you know, I'm like, just, (laughs) it amazed me how many guys were just so blunt on some of the things that they wanted. I did actually end up going on two dates while I was in that city with people. And it was just, first dates. That was it. It was nothing that I really thought would work out. And so I left it again. I left my profile and I ended up having to move back home. 
I don't know why I went back on the dating site. I think because at the time I probably would have been about 27. I think I was just in that mindset of the woe is me. Like I'm 27. What is wrong with me? Like, why do no guys like me? To me, I'm a fairly beautiful person. Like I have a good soul. I'm usually physically fit. I'm educated. And I'm thinking, what, like, what is wrong with me? And so I think I just kind of went back onto the site to see if I could find maybe some more fish <laughs> in the sea. Again, I, like a lot of people that just weren't my type. And there's a lot of messages that I think I just kind of, their profile wasn't what I was looking for. And I just kind of skimmed through them and met a guy on there, went on actually quite a few dates, met his mom, really liked the guy. And I was like, this is great. Like, this is what it should be. And then he ghosted me. And I thought, what the heck? Like, what did I do wrong? And I think the difference between being a 28-year-old dater that had been in a long-term relationship opposed to like the 19 or 20-year-old dater that hadn't really loved herself was at 28, I was like, you know what? Screw you. If you don't like me for me, I don't care. I'm not going to try to phone you. I'm not going to chase you. I'm good. And so I left it at that. And I didn't really go on the site again. One day I got a pop-up from someone and it was Daryl. We kind of got chatting a little bit and he had told me, he's like, Hey, I like reached out to you before and you ignored my message. And I thought, "Mm, I don't think so. And I didn't believe him because I'm a very visual person. I don't usually forget people's faces. And so I had just said to him, I was like, if you did message me before, you must have changed your pictures. You must have changed your profile because this person is not what I have ever seen before. So we lined up a date. And at this point, I was just so frustrated with dating and really focused on my career that I didn't want to waste any time. So I told Daryl that I could meet him for coffee in the morning because that's all I had time for. And I thought to myself, what's 20 minutes? Because usually I can tell in 20 minutes if I like somebody or not. So yeah, so we met for coffee. And then yeah, like the rest is history. We had an extremely long first date that I often describe as an interrogation. I have been interviewed a lot for jobs and, you know, I used to do pageant stuff. Sitting down with Daryl on our first date was just kind of a combination of all of those interviews I had ever done in my entire life. And clearly he did well. So (laughs) with regards to your online dating, can you tell some stories about the guys you met, which gives some learning full, don't do that one. (laughs) Yeah, like I think for me, I really did try to weed out people as much as I could in like the chatting process. And I was the type of person that was like, if I scare you through text, then you're not worth my time to me. And I was the person who was like, I am looking to get married. I have a path. This is what I want. I think some people that I've talked to kind of get lost in almost hiding their feelings or what their intents are because they are scared that they're going to scare someone away. You know, as a woman, you're always really worried that if you tell people that you want to get married within a year or two years and you want to have babies and all this stuff, that it just scares people away. And I definitely was in the mindset of, if I'm going to scare you away by telling you what I want, then you're not the right one for me. And I think that was a big thing that I really learned quickly when I actually decided that I was going to use the dating site for a dating site. (laughs) The messages, don't you just love the hi? Oh yeah. And those ones were the ones I didn't reply to, which is why, again, I, like I said to Daryl, I'm like, I think that you weren't messaging me 
from the same profile or in the same way, because I would have answered you if you would have actually had a proper conversation with me. But when people reach out and they're like, you're beautiful, I'm like, that's, that's not a conversation. Like that's, you didn't even follow it up. Like you didn't even say you're beautiful. What are you interested in? Cause that would have been an okay conversation. I could have went with that. Uh, but I'm like, if you can't even start a conversation, how are we going to have a meaningful relationship and conversation in person? So how long were you on the dating sites and which ones did you use? I think I want to say that I was signed up for over a year because of that initial kind of sign up with my friend. But yeah, like I only used it as as an actual dating site, not as a beta test for maybe four months. Cool. So you've mentioned the guy that you had quite, you know, you got to meet the mother and then he ghosted you. Do you have any other stories like that? Other type? Can you categorize the kinds of men when you got them, they got past the chat test? You know, it was funny because like I said, I only went on those two dates whenever I was in the other city and then the one here and then Daryl. So I only went on four dates out of that, like out of the whole process. Cause I really didn't, I guess I really didn't believe in it. I didn't think that it was possible. And mind you, like this was what, eight, nine years ago. So online dating still wasn't as big as it is now. And for me, I was just always a little bit more of that traditional kind of girl, meet, meet somebody through people that you know, because then they're going to be like-minded. They're probably already vetted, right? Like I don't need to do a background check on some guy to make sure that he's not a psycho. And I did. And Daryl laughed at me because I said to him, like, if you are not Googleable for me to be able to do a check on you, you're not the type of person that I want to be in a relationship. That's um, really well, unless advice. maybe you're an RCMP officer, you know, you can't have your life story online. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's really good advice. In fact, Tinder has introduced a panic button, I think, and other dating sites are following that. I'm going to add some research around criminal behavior on the dating sites. So you and Daryl did this like 10, 12 hour date. And I was quite impressed that you were actually willing to hop in his vehicle and go do your errands with him. <laughs> what happened? I'm pretty sure my parents probably would have been like, don't do it. But again, I think I'm a pretty good judge of character. I have worked in customer service and close with clients, you know, since I was 19. And I just get a good sense if something is a good situation or a bad situation. I definitely had that kind of little mom voice in your head that was like, mm, is it a good idea to get in a vehicle with this guy? But for me, I just think sometimes in life, you really just got to take chances. And, and I didn't want to mess up the vibe that we had going on because we had such good conversation throughout breakfast. And for me, I think a really important part of being in a relationship is to see how you jive on the everyday aspect of things. Like, yeah, we would all love to be on like The Bachelor and be on a beach and skydiving and doing all these fun things. And, and Daryl and I often talk about this, that vacation and Daryl Cheyenne are different people. Like I am super fun on vacation, but in real life, I am more of a, okay, we need to get this done. I have a schedule, like we have to do this. I think I was just thinking... If we can do everyday stuff together and he is okay with the way that I am, then this would work. And again, I was like, I don't want to waste time. I'm like, let's just get this all done. Let's get three dates done in one. <laughs> I think you hit the gold with Daryl. That's for sure. So you go off with this man to do your grocery shopping and your errands and his vehicle. I really want you to share the story about the deer. Yes, you bet. So 
we had gone grocery shopping and stuff. And both of us at the time were actually really big in, into going to the gym. And I had said to him, you know, that I had planned on going to the gym that day. Did he want to come with me? He obviously didn't have his gym stuff on a date with him. So he had mentioned that he needed to run home and grab his gym equipment or his like gym outfit or whatever. And that's actually when I was like, crap, I'm like going to somebody's house is just as a woman is really not the smartest idea when you don't know them. And so when we pulled up to his house, I had said to him, I was like, Oh, hey, can I just sit in the vehicle? I'm going to answer some messages while you go and do that. Me thinking this is the safer version. I'm in the truck. There's people around me. This will be good. And he's like, yeah, not a problem. And he jumps out and hits the button for the garage door to open. And so I'm kind of, you know, on my phone doing my thing. And I just happen to look up as the door is going up. And there's this deer hanging in the garage and all I could think was like, wee, wee. <laughs> I was like if this was a girl that maybe we didn't grow up on a farm or wasn't familiar with hunting I, I'm like that poor girl probably would have had a heart attack <laughs> but it was the funniest thing because I'm just like oh man like I don't know if that was my test for him that he was like if she can handle seeing this deer that she's the one for me I don't know I never actually asked him if that was my test but I was just like, what did I get myself into? <laughs> so it turns out he was a hunter. Yes. <laughs> but it wasn't his deer, was it? It was his, somebody in the house had, had killed the deer while he was on the date. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Like, ah, what is this? So when you were doing the dating, did you get dick pics? Not so much from the online dating but in my life, I have definitely gotten some pictures that I did not ask for. Yeah, that's for sure. And it's funny because I'm sure Daryl will easily say this if he didn't already talk about it. But I have always been a big believer in not sending pictures to people that you wouldn't want out on the internet. My mom and dad kind of raised us like that. And so I don't send nudies even to Daryl now that we're married. Like he doesn't get them even if he asks for them. And, and I'm like, the amount of people that just willingly share these pictures of themselves is like mind blowing. And as a woman to like open your phone and to think that you're getting like this nice picture of this guy and you get these pictures that you didn't even think that you were going to get. Yeah. is just mind blowing for me. I don't understand why anyone would want to send a picture of their dick to somebody, especially if they never asked for it. <laughs> well said. And that would be an immediate block and delete for me as well. Like, <laughs> moment right in person, both parties agreeable, perhaps, but uh-uh, definitely not that. Yeah. Wow. So gosh, Cheyenne, you have a fabulous story. Any last tips before we wrap up? I think for me, for like on the online dating side of things, I really think it doesn't matter, man or woman, doesn't matter. I think being honest in your profile is the number one important thing to do. And I know Daryl had mentioned this, that a lot of women will take the pictures up above and they're only from here up. And I don't know if people do that. Again, there's guys that did that too, or they had pictures that were like 10 years old of when they were a completely different shape hairline, you know, all that kind of stuff. And for me, I think if you can just post pictures of yourself that are the rawest version of you, 
it's going to help you find the person that loves you for who you are faster. And then it's the same with your bio. There's so many people that like to fluff their bio. And for me, I'm just like, why? Like, I'm such a a non time waster that for me, I just think like, be blunt. Don't be scary, but be blunt, be open about what you want. And I think it'll help you find the right match a lot faster so that you're not having to go through all those extra awkward dates. Well, that's words of wisdom from Cheyenne. Thank you so much. And for the things that we've referenced that you guys have done a podcast on, I'm going to put in the show notes because they were awesome, awesome episodes. Welcome, Daryl. I'm so pleased that you could join the online dating series and I'm looking forward to your thoughts. Why did you get into the online dating arena? Well, that's, uh, I think it's probably the same reason everybody else does. I mean, you tend to going through a divorce. That's kind of what was my kind of path is obviously how I got into it. But obviously when I got married, online dating never really existed. So this was kind of a new thing for me. And I think a lot of people go through a different process when they do online dating. I think I went through that same process and it just allowed me to connect with, you know, obviously my future wife, but in through that entire process, you connect with a A lot of different people with a lot of different agendas, I guess, if you can tell. How long were you on and what type of dating sites or apps did you choose to use? Well, to be honest with you, I wasn't on for very long, I guess. You know, some people are on there for quite some time, maybe a year or two. However, my, I think it was only about 10 months is kind of where it ended up for me. I used uh, plenty of fish at the time, and I think Match.com. There was eHarmony and stuff too, but eHarmony was not was not something kind of for me, I guess, at that time. But it, those are the two platforms that I used. They didn't have Tinder and you know all that stuff back when I, when we were getting into it. So you've obviously been successful, met your future wife. What would you say your successful strategies were, or what would your top three tips be? Well, that's that's a good good question. I mean. I'm, I think successful, the meaning of it is arbitrary. I think people, there's different levels of success. And I think that for us, uh, our level of success really kind of goes down to more on a personal level. That's kind of where we deem our success. And I think between Cheyenne and myself, we tend to focus on ensuring that our relationships is first and foremost, and then business is second. And And, and a lot of entrepreneurs probably get into the same kind of groove where the business sometimes takes a priority over the relationship. But I think we always are my biggest tip, I guess, would be is that we we tend to always find time to come back and recenter ourselves and focus on ensuring that we're okay with the situation. I mean, many a times we've been in bed and the phones are out and we're answering emails and social posts. And I mean, everyone knows how that game goes. But ultimately, I think we've had some arguments about why are you on your phone? And I mean, we're not perfect. And again, the level of success, I think, comes from when we can say those things in bed or we can say those things to each other and nobody really kind of gets upset. They just kind of go, yeah, you know what? You're absolutely right. And show some empathy and be able to come back to come back to center and focus on each other. A lot of wisdom in your relationships there, Daryl. I love it. Thank you for sharing. Going back to your online dating experience, can you share a good, bad and or strange story with the listeners? <laughs> Well, I don't know what what level of censorship your medium is. However, you know, the good part of social media and the good part of online dating is that you can be anybody you want. You can project whatever type of energy that you want out there and attract ultimately what 
you want. And I mean, deep down, I think is where tell people all the time, you really need to figure out who you are and then be able to put that out there. And the bad part, I guess the bad story for me was it actually involves my wife. Uh, earlier on through the stage of online dating, I was uh, focusing on, you know, getting hookups and trying to live that single life because, you know, as you're divorced, you kind of, you tell all your friends and yeah, I'm going to go out there and have some fun and and be that guy. And the success stories obviously happen as well. But the non-successful story for when I had called, reached out and contacted Cheyenne and she just basically kind of told me I was crazy, never, never responded at all. So I had to, I had to kind of move on. And by, I'd say probably eight months later, I kind of realized that when I got home one day, I was really lonely. I mean, the life that I was living obviously was successful, I guess, if you will, on an online dating perspective, but there was no substance there. There was nothing, nothing tangible. There was nothing solid and concrete. And I think that I kind of hit a rock bottom there and said, you know what, I think really rather just have somebody that I can come home to and be happy with and trust she, I reached out to her again, and I guess the rest is history. You were gold, and I've heard you make references to being a ginger. Does it really have an impact? I can remember, and I'm probably going to date myself, there were shows like Hill Street Blues or something. They had characters who were redheaded men who were strong and vibrant and quite delightful. So, you know, I've heard you speak about being a ginger. Was that a negative, a positive? How did that work for you? Well, it... In terms of online dating or just in terms of being a ginger in, in general? Sorry. Up to you. Oh, well, um, in terms of online dating, I don't think that there was a difference between being a ginger and not being a ginger. There's no advantage. There's no disadvantage. I, I mean, obviously, people like and they dislike what they want on a personal level, and they want to involve people in their life of all kinds. But when it comes to being a ginger, yeah, I've, you know, as growing up, there were some issues. But I've found that when I've, once I met Cheyenne, that she had kind of brought up a few things and some of the stereotypes about gingers of getting hangry and, and those sorts of things is definitely, it definitely helped me realize that, yeah, that's, that's, that stuff actually is true. And I should probably eat before I end up saying something I shouldn't or doing something I shouldn't. And I should probably just calm down and get some food in my belly. Isn't it wonderful how you can evolve through a quality relationship? Thank you for sharing. You were also divorced or were you not yet legally divorced when you went on the online dating? I think there's been some relevant conversation around being separated and being divorced as an issue. But for you as a man, did it bother you? If you were looking for the one, would it bother you that she's still in a relationship? Or do you think how you portrayed yourself and your status can have an impact? Uh, that's a great question. I think that like, well, when I first got it together with Cheyenne, whether it be connecting through the online dating site or even in personal, I had put out there that I was separated. And uh, I guess the term separated didn't actually mean to me what it means legally. Separated to me means that there is no chance of me going back to my previous life or my previous marriage. That opportunity for me was set in stone. But Cheyenne felt differently. She felt that, you know, I kind of embellished a bit on my social media or sorry, on my uh, profile that I wasn't really separated. I was still going through my separation so I think people would probably, I don't know if actually it would have changed anything with Cheyenne and I. That's probably a really good question to maybe ask her. But ultimately, I think that if you're honest right off the get-go, that's the type of thing that's going to be reciprocated back to you. You're going to get some honesty back. It's okay with not being legally divorced or not being legally separated. As long as the, all the cards are on the table, people, people were able to make uh, an informed decision. So I think that 
people focusing on on being legally divorced or before they get on social media or uh, online dating, I don't think is relevant. I think deep down, they need to realize and find out within themselves of do they actually still have feelings for their previous spouse? Is there any chance of that actually being reconciled? But that actually goes back to one of the things that we talk about on the podcast is that, and I've coached other people about when they're actually trying to think about getting divorced, I said to them, you have to really look down deep, deep inside you and say, have I done absolutely everything in this marriage before where you get divorced? Because if you haven't done everything and tried every particular uh, or sorry, specific option for you to be able to reconcile what you need to, to be able to move on, it's a tough thing to say to people that, yeah, there was nothing I could do because there probably was something. And throughout my marriage and towards the end of it, I felt that I did everything and I was happy with and content with my decision. So yeah, it kind of goes back to really identifying what you really, really, really feel inside. Wow, great explanation. And I love how you worked through the process there. You have a great episode on your podcast, and I'm going to reference it in the show notes about body image. For women listening to this, what would you tell them about body image? Because in that episode, you say some really smart things and very worthy statements. So for women going on the dating sites and wondering if they're not this or not that enough, what would you tell them? I guess I'll sum it up in this. As much time as women take to shaping their eyebrows and making sure their eyelashes are right, perfect. If they are doing that for the person that they're potentially going to meet, I can tell you wholeheartedly, we don't care. So that should pertain to the rest of your body. And I mean, in terms of body image, Cheyenne, you know, she says, oh, well, I don't like this part of my body and I don't like that. And I think I'm fat or I think I'm too skinny or my arms are too big. My arms are too small. Like there's so many different things that women go through their head and they almost are project that onto the person that they're dating or potentially trying to date. And I think that it's, it, we don't care. And I mean, if he loves you for, or he enjoys you for you, that's extremely important. On the flip side to that though, especially online dating is that there's a lot of uh, lies out there and it's kind of a, a, a running joke on online dating is that, you know, the pictures from the neck up. And I tell people all the time, I'm like, you're not actually putting your entire self out there. And if you have, you know, a, a bigger butt or you got big thighs or whatever it is, I think that if you can paint and show a proper picture of who you are and be confident in that, then I think it it doesn't matter what you think. There's somebody out there that's going to love that. I have friends that just love big women. I have friends that love skinny women. I have friends that love big boobs, small boobs. Like there's all of them are out there. And I think that if you try to shape the narrative of who you are on your profile, you're not going to get what you're looking for. So just be honest and put yourself out there. And I think you'll be surprised with the result. That's good points, Daryl, good points. I'm a voluptuous woman and I know a lot of women who are so worried about their size. I've been proposed to 13 times. <laughs> so, hey, you know. You're married 15 times though, right? Pardon me? You haven't been married 15 times though, right? Hell no. I definitely <laughs> have not been married 15 times. I've been widowed and divorced. Wow. Um, but The fact that that's happened so many times, I've been blessed in not having a body image issue. I'm more concerned about being healthy and happy. So I really value your comments. So my lucky last question is about dick pics. You guys have a fabulous episode on this. And I love the backwards and forwards that you do. So I'm referencing that one as well. I loved your upfront honesty. And this is how men think. And I would love just to round up with a few words around that. 
Uh, well, that, that episode was kind of interesting because it kind of came in a bit of an impromptu situation. We were laying in bed and you see something on social media and Cheyenne has a different take on it and I have a different take on it. And I think that's what our dynamic of, of the podcast is kind of about is of being able to have different perspectives and, and, and understanding that, you know, there's some valid points on each side. But I think when it comes to dick pics and, and guys are unbelievable and I don't understand it. Like it doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, I'll tell you like first for one thing, guys. It doesn't look good. It's not, it's, it's not, it's not made for art. It's uh, it's made for speed. Right. So it, at the end of the day, it's all about really kind of controlling your urge to be able to kind of do that because no one wants that. And even if, even if she asks for it, trust me, she's, she just wants it to have, so she can show her friends and laugh, have a good chat and rue about everything else. So when it comes to the other side of the coin, when women put themselves out there and all, and you look on some of their profiles and all you see is, you know, boobs and ass and legs and thighs, and they're just putting this sexual vibe out there. And that was the kind of the debate that we were having. I, I had said that if a woman is consistently putting that out there, and there's a difference between tasteful and a difference between just on, I guess, not tasteful, is that even women that have tasteful profiles, they still get those, but that doesn't make it right. And that was the point I was trying to make. It's, it's not right, but you can't blame the guy for sending it because that's just kind of who he is. And at that point, you need to decide whether you're going to engage or not engage. And you can't, and then just like in business and in life, I was like, you can't control adults. I said, you can manage them. And by managing that, you just have to either ignore the behavior or you're going to engage the behavior. So for me, it's, Really put yourself out there and don't be upset when it doesn't go as kind of what, you're, what you had planned. Fine words. And yes, I can tell you, if you want to meet a quality person, then bring your best qualities forward. So just to wrap this up, what would be your top tip for women and your top tip for men who are going to go into the arena of online dating? Well, I, to be honest with you, I think it kind of goes back to what I had said previously, it, whether for both male and female, is that you have to be able to put yourself out there and be honest with what your agenda is. If your agenda is to just get hookups and have a good time, that's okay. There's no right or wrong. The problem is, is that if your profile is geared to just getting hookups and having fun and just meeting a bunch of people and you want to be friends, at the end of the day, you can't get upset with the fact that you're not finding somebody who has the qualities of, yeah, I kind of, I kind of want to bring that home one home to mom and dad. It's, you know, trying to figure out, it's not who you want to go to bed with that night. It's who you want to wake up with on Monday morning. And I think it's all about putting exactly what you want out there because that's what you're going to get back. So be honest and really look deep down as to what you're looking for. And if you're looking for a partner, then that's okay too. Put that out there and I'm sure you'll find it. I appreciate your thoughts. Thank you, Daryl. Thank you for your time. Welcome. I have, and to quote this couple, our monkey, our circus, welcome to our crazy world. This is Daryl and Cheyenne, the hosts of the We Got This podcast, and there are some awesome episodes around online dating, and I've referred to them, and they'll definitely be going into the show notes. So welcome, Daryl and Cheyenne. Tell us about your first coffee date. <laughs> you bet so you can take that one, Cheyenne. You want me to take this one? Sure. <laughs> so yeah, I know I had kind of touched base on why our first date had started out as a coffee date, because I really didn't want to waste time during my day to go on like a dinner date or a movie date with Daryl. So I made him meet me for coffee. I don't even remember, did I pick the spot or did you? Oh, no, you totally did. 
I picked this. Oh, I remember why I picked the spot. So I asked Daryl to meet me at a, like a Husky station, which is a truck stop in between the two areas that we were both living. And one of the reasons why I had picked it was because it was on my way into town. So the commute was easier. But the other reason why I picked it was because I figured it was safe because there's a lot of traffic there. Like there's always a lot of truck drivers that stop there. The waitresses kind of know people. And it was kind of like my safety mechanism that I took on being like the girl. That's lots just going lots to of exits. Lots <laughs> yeah. of <laughs> And uh, so, yeah, when I had got there, Daryl was already there. I think you had a purpose as to why you were there before me. Yep. You can tell her what that was. Well, no, you got to finish your story. <laughs> so, yeah, so I seen Daryl and I was actually really relieved when I got to see him in person. And, you know, my husband is a good looking man, but the profile pictures that he had posted of himself on the dating site really showed that he was a ginger like very redheady, in my opinion, weren't like the most flattering pictures of himself. And so when I met him in person, I was like, oh, I'm like, he's so handsome. And so I was really relieved whenever I got there, because again, those pictures on dating profiles are so important that it was nice that he was better than his picture. So Daryl, did you realize at that point, your pictures were not great? (laughs) I'm just hearing about this now. Brand new information. He's kind of sensitive on the ginger topic, so I don't usually bring it up. (laughs) So, Daryl, what did you think when she walked through the door? Did she match her profile? Was she everything you were hoping she would be? Or were you like, "Uh uh-oh, this is one warrior gal? (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's a good question. I don't think I really put a whole lot of thought into pictures, especially when you see it on social media with all the filters and everything that kind of go around. Obviously, I knew she was pretty, but I mean, when she walked in, it goes from pretty to beautiful. It was a tough thing to kind of process because it was just like, I don't know how this happened, but I got to I gotta make sure I don't screw this up. Cheyenne, you were uh, let's get it sorted out mode, weren't you? What were your yeah, three so questions and how did he do? At this point in my dating career, I was just over it. I was so over everything. I was over guys wanting something different, just feeling frustrated again with being at the age that I was and not being able to find somebody. And so I think I just really went into our date with determination (laughs) on just like getting it done. And so, yeah, I pretty blunt on a good day and I had this list and Daryl always bugs me because he's like, you did not have a list. I'm like, no, I legit had a list of what I was looking for in a guy. And it was never a secret with anybody in my life that if people didn't actually fit the list, then they didn't really get to go on a date. And so I just made sure that I went through the list as we were talking to check off like all of the things like, can you dance was a big one that was on my list and which Daryl couldn't. I I, I found out that I couldn't. But he had said that he, you know, he could dance whenever we were talking. And I was like, okay, I'm like, he kind of seemed confident in that answer. And yeah, and I just I needed somebody that loved to travel that was handy. Like I, I grew up on a farm. I love being outdoors. I am super frugal. So I don't like to spend money on having people come in and fix the toilet if it's broken, or me having to fix fences. And so having somebody that was kind of that handyman was really important to me. Both of my, like my father's, like my dad and my stepdad are very talented men. And I think finding someone 
that fit what they were was really important to me. And yeah, so like I just fired off questions, but I thought I fired them off in a fairly nice manner of, you know, like, what do you, what do you like to do in your spare time? And (laughs) I can tell Daryl, clearly you've got a very high tolerance threshold. But, you know, at least what you saw was what you got, right, mate? I mean, and you, two out of three, even though you kind of dodged the question with your, a yes, I can <laughs> in the dance, <laughs> I truly suspect you're a good handyman. <laughs> I, I've been on to fix a few things, yeah. <laughs> so what about your top questions, Daryl? What were you hoping to find out right away? You know, to be honest with you, I wasn't more on a fact-finding mission. I didn't have a list of check check boxes to to kind of hit with that. For me, it was all about really understanding the person that's sitting across from me, right? I asked her a lot of what she, I guess, uh, categorizes as really weird and interrogative questions. But for me, they were all about character building questions and understanding who the person is I'm talking to and what type of person that they are. And the types of questions that I asked really helped me determine how she thinks and what her mindset is when we're dealing with everyday life and practicality. And To give you an example of a question that I had asked her, I said, so if you were to leave your house at the exact same time every morning and you get to to work at the exact same time every morning, do you take the longest route fast or do you take the shortest route slow? And she just kind of looked at me like, what the, what the hell kind of question is that? And for everybody that obviously is probably asking themselves the same thing, for me, it allows me to see what type of person is she is. Does she like to rush through life or does she enjoy the times, you know, and to think about what she does? Or even if she took the fastest route, so it doesn't mean that she likes to rush through. Maybe she just doesn't like to waste her time. It just kind of gives me an idea or a small portion of the type of person that she is. And obviously, follow-up questions are the confirmers and I my ideas. So it was all about really understanding who she is deep down obviously manifesting that uh, to where we are today. Dig out another one of those questions, mate. You've got me thoroughly tickled here. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. It took some curating to be able to, like I said, get my profile to where I needed it to be, to be able to find somebody like Cheyenne. And But it's just like any sales, right? Uh, anybody can get the sale, but it's what you do after you get the sale is is kind of where we're at. So I had to do what I had to do to make sure I uh, kept her around. Another question. I'm sure you've got one there. Or Cheyenne, can you think of another question he asked you that was weird and wonderful? Because those are quite good. That one was actually kind of the the biggest one that was kind of different dating type question. Like that one for me was more of an interview type question, which is why I think I gave him the look like, why are you asking me this? This is what you get asked in an interview. (laughs) What job am I applying for? Yeah. and And I knew why he was doing it. Like we both have business backgrounds. We've both done tons of interviews. And for me, I was just like, this is a date, not like I'm not applying for a job, but then I was like, maybe I am because apparently I was applying to be a wife. <laughs> but I think one of the other key topics that Daryl had brought up on our first date was about children. And I knew from his profile that he had had kids, but his profile didn't go into depth on what his thoughts were on family and that kind of stuff. And he had asked me about kids and like, if I had had any, if I wanted to have them. And I had answered him, I'm pretty sure the same way that I I answered anybody that had asked me that was that I, I, it didn't really matter to me if I had children. It wasn't something that I had planned on doing in my past relationship. And it wasn't something that was high on my priority list and that I was open to whatever happened. But for me, that I really always wanted to have the option to be able to foster or adopt children. And I remember Daryl had looked at me and he's like, are you sure about that? 
I'm just thinking, <laughs> you asked me the question. Yes, I'm sure about it. I'm telling you, I don't need to have children. And he just kind of almost seemed like he didn't believe me on my answer of that. I didn't need to have my own biological children. And I'm sure I gave him some good pushback like I usually do. And, and it ended up coming out that he had a vasectomy and he did not plan on getting it reversed. And I 100% needed to be okay with not having children. And I remember he said to me, you're getting to that age where you're probably going to change your mind. Women always change their mind. They want to have kids. My entire 20s, I dealt with people telling me that I needed to have children, that it would be different when I had my own children, that I wanted to have children. And I was just like, buddy, I am telling you that I don't need to have my own children. I'm telling you that you having two children that I just get to magically, you know, have delivered in, in this perfect package that are out of diapers that sleep through the night. Like what woman doesn't want that? Like for me, I was just like, I am telling you, I am okay not having my own children. And, and I think that was a big one for us. I know Daryl didn't believe me whenever I told him, but yeah. <laughs> Understandable. And Daryl, I just so appreciate what she says is what you get with Cheyenne. I don't think that happens often on online dating, does it? I mean, was she a class act or did that happen lots like women were what you expected? <laughs> well, you know, it, like going through that whole process, a lot of people, yeah, they, they tend to tell you. And that I guess that kind of goes back to what I had said previously is that it really goes back to your what you're advertising. And I mean, if you're wanting to tell people what they want to hear, you're not going to be happy with the relationship. So earlier on in, in the first date, like it was 12 hours long, like, I mean, or 10 hours long, like this isn't like, this isn't a joke. Like, I mean, and that's kind of what, you know, we had kind of set the bar for when we sat down. It was like, look, like this isn't, I'm not here to mess around. So it's either, you know, you check the boxes or you answer the questions, honestly, because if I was to find out that she had lied or she did change her mind, and that goes back to the type of person that I'm dealing with and the character of her. So we really press each other, even on the first date and even seven years later now, about really being honest with each other and telling you, you know, each other how we feel and really being honest. And I think that I wasn't, you know, taken back by the response, or I guess I didn't believe her. Uh, for me was that that's a massive thing for, for women to decide whether they want to have kids or they don't want to have kids. And I mean, history has, has a way of repeating itself. And a lot of, and, and I mean, guys know this, that if you don't want any kids and you get into a relationship and all of a sudden that relationship changes and now the dynamic and the way you see that other person now, it's something that's going to be deep rooted inside you and whether that manifests itself into contempt or resentment for them, but you don't want to let them go because you've wasted or you've invested so much of this time. There's a lot of things that kind of go in, into that decision. So when we had that conversation, I said, look, you're getting to that age where it's like, okay, it's either, it's not that you can't have kids after 30. It was more of like, that's the historic, I guess, age category where women kind of go, you know, what do I need to do? And for us, I told her, I was like, listen, it's, it's off the table. I'm not getting it on my vasectomy reversed. So this, if you even remotely think that you want to have kids at any point in time in our relationship or potential marriage, I was like, you might want to tell me now. And so she was, and she was honest and she's obviously kept her word to this day. So. Wow. A lot of wisdom in the room and what a blessing to have that all out up front because clearly Cheyenne, you were getting married, but you didn't want oh. the babies, which is a very unusual package <laughs> as Daryl's clearly she's telling us. But Daryl, you had two children. So did you have a strategy on how you would introduce a potential partner? What was your thinking around that? 
That's a great point. And I think that some people are, are going to agree and some people are definitely going to disagree with me. But I personally believe that one shouldn't introduce anybody to your children as a boyfriend or girlfriend, unless you actually believe that they are going to be there for long term. Children going through a divorce and going through a separation already have some issues in regards to, you know, another person stepping into, I guess, the mom role. But I think more for me, it was about, I didn't want my children to think, oh, well, whose girlfriend is coming in? Like, you know, dad's new girlfriend is going to be, you know, coming here Friday. And then two weeks later, a month later, two months later, it's another person. And having that person kind of roll through their life or multiple different people, I didn't think was going to be very good. For one, is that I'm trying to set an example for my kids and specifically for my daughters to say like, look, you don't just let anybody into your circle or into your house. And you need to really protect that house. Those girls were part of that protection and, or sorry, part of that house I was trying to protect. And I think that going through our relationship, you know, up until the point where Cheyenne had met uh, the girls, I was 100% dead set on marrying this woman. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to take the risk and the responsibility of introducing Cheyenne to our kids' lives. And my ex was a big part of that as well, right? So to be able to, there's some things that you need to consider. And again, the repercussions of having to deal with that as well. So it's not just, oh yeah, we're going to go to the park with dad's new girlfriend. I didn't want to have that. So we really made sure that she was going to be there forever. So yeah, I think one of the things too, on my side that I really loved about Daryl was we both very much agreed on that point of your children not meeting people. And for me, it's whether, I don't care if you label them boyfriend, girlfriend, or friend. Kids are not stupid. They know what's going on. And coming from a family with split parents, it was very important to me that I was not a part of the girl's life until Daryl and I knew that we were going to be long-term. But I also, it's very important to be on the same parenting lane as your partner. And sometimes it's hard to be able to see that if you can't see them act as a parent. And so Daryl and I had actually kind of lined up a couple of times where him and the girls got to be in my presence without them knowing who I was. Like at the time I had worked in a very large retail store. And so Daryl had brought them in to go shopping. So I got to meet the girls, but they just knew me as a sales clerk. And I got to see him interact as a dad and how he parented and just kind of got that vibe on how he was as a father. And I think that that was very important to me. And I know that's not something that people can line up in all of their situations, but I really loved that we were on the same page, that we were not going to introduce me to the girls until we knew that we were long, like long-term. Wow. Cheyenne, Daryl, you guys have just brought so much wisdom to this episode. Thank you so much. Any last words as we wrap up? No, I think, I think we've talked enough. <laughs> we never talk that much no. <laughs> you guys did a fabulous job thank you again thanks for, thank you. Thanks for inviting us on Dr. Michelle St. Jane is a conscious steward of meaningful leadership in the world and the wider cosmos tune in every Thursday for real talk around life, leadership and your conscious journey be ready to create and cultivate your dreams and soul-hearted desires. Your support is valued. Please subscribe. Leave a review and a rating. But more importantly, share with your connections.